What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Later, you'll hear a sponsored interview with Aaron Haynes from the 19th. Aaron talks with lead producer Carrie Shepard about the 19th Represent Summit, which is coming to Chicago next month. Today on CityCast Chicago, the list of Park District summer programs was just released, so the competitive process of online and in-person registration begins next Monday. Also, the parks are training new lifeguards, so we got to ask, will the pools open on time this year, unlike last year? The CityCast team breaks it all down. It's Tuesday, April 25th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Welcome back to the Mike Lee, producer Kerry Shepard, producer Simone Alisea. We are talking all things parks, 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 parks and recreation. How y'all feeling this morning? Fine. Yes, it makes me think of summer parks. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I am extremely happy that I do not have children for a lot of reasons. But one of them is because from everything I have heard, registering to get your kid, your dependent, uh, the, the child you are guarding into a summer program, whether you're registering online, whether you're registering person, it is an extremely difficult process. Uh, Carrie, what have you been hearing from people around the city about how just difficult and stressful this process is for people? Yeah, this has long been an issue for parents in Chicago and probably in other major cities. I imagine it's very similar in L.A. and New York, any city where, you know, people are trying to figure out what to do with their kids once school is out. Right. So um, I've just been texting with some parents, uh, some friends with little kids. And, you know, our friend Becky Vivi, the Chicago editor at Chalkbeat. She told me this morning, oh, my God, I was just about to tweet that I've entered that circle of Chicago parenting hell uh, because of the signups. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of the issues that Becky pointed out is that they only offer from June 26th to August 4th, but school's out June 7th, and then it goes back August 21st. So for parents who work outside the home, you know, you have to figure out what to do those final, you know, few weeks of August. And then another big issue is just like she says the times are a little nuts, like 930 to noon, 10 to 1. Are the times when the camps are going or like to register? Oh, those are the times when the camps are happening, right? So Yeah, like I saw an archery camp that is like Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 1130 a.m. Right. It's like, right. okay, what, what are they going to be for the rest of the day? <laughs> right. So then the other, so a couple other people, you know, young kids that, you know, they told me the bigger issue is that, you know, private camp signups are far in advance. Um, Kristen mm-hmm. Shore, she's a, a politics reporter at WBZ. She said that she signed up her little boy uh, for summer camp last November so that they could preserve a slot for him. Um I've heard that from other friends who do have 
the advantage of doing private camps, which are more expensive than the park district mm-hmm. camps, um, that they just they were like, I, I, the money is worth it. I can't stress out about if he or she is going to get, get going to have a camp to go to, and I'm going to have to worry about what to do with work. Yeah, I mean, as you just look through there are so many different options for people, whether it's an adventure camp, whether it's basketball camp, whether it's art camp. CJ, I want to ask you a question because we were having this conversation in some respects last week, right, of like the Chicago Park Districts, not only are they providing all of these camps for, you know, younger kids, 6 to 12, 12 to 14, but when we start thinking about older kids and you look through some of this list and we talk to parents, do these summer camps at the Park District, do you think they attract older kids in the same way um, that, you know, they might for your younger elementary school kids? And and if not, what do you think the park district has to do during the summer to just maybe provide, you know, more exciting programming? Yeah, I think that um, once you get into being a teenager, you know, sports options, you know, opening the pools, which we're going to talk about a little bit more, but also maybe just more like training apprenticeship type of programs, mm-hmm. maybe sort of skills, um, Writing camps are something that I know a lot of teenagers will do, but also um, working for the parks is something like I, I knew. I was going to say. Yeah, I knew a lot of people growing up who were camp counselors in the summer um, because they felt like it wasn't just a job. It was really fun for them or people who taught, you know, taught certain skills or sports through the parks. Um, but there's also an issue, too, with some of these that I'm hearing from people from some of these park district summer programs is there aren't a ton of options for kids under five. So okay. you're sort of on the line between, like, daycare or these parks. But before we move on, Jacoby, I should, um, just to make sure the facts are out there in terms of what people, parents, guardians need to know, Online registration for these programs starts May 1st, May 2nd. That's next Monday and next Tuesday. And then the in-person is where it gets really cutthroat. So people <laughs> will like camp out to get a spot to be there first. And this is uh, this starts on May 6th uh, next week. And there's this really great story that we'll put in the show notes that a former colleague of mine did for WBZ, camping out for childcare. She actually went out and camped out with parents waiting um trying to get into the into the park district programs also are there um location uh caveats as well simone that is correct they are california which is 2800 west is the boundary that means next monday if you are located if you are looking to go to parks located west of california online registration starts for you next monday may 1st if you're looking to go to Uh, parks east of California, that's on Tuesday. So for in-person registration on May 6th, uh, you go actually to the park where the programming will be. And if you know any people in your life, if you're an individual who's going to be going on this website for the first time, I would just, you know, advise you to just make sure you're paying attention to everything. What are the dates that these are available? Because not everyone is available from June 26th through August. Check what the time And then also you can see what the price and you can sort of sort based on if the program is free, if the program costs money. um, And there is also financial assistance available uh, to people who, who might be interested. Are you self conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with aligner experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. 
As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We talked about when you go through the list, oftentimes when you're looking at different camps, it's running from like age six to age 16. And so when you go to the 16 plus, what seems to be mostly available for them is come work for the Chicago Park District. In fact, the marketing campaign is find your perfect summer job. And one of the places where they're really trying to hire individuals 16 and over is at Chicago pools and Chicago beaches as lifeguards. And they just announced a three-day lifeguard training academy at the end of last week. Uh, and this is really important because last year we ran into a situation where we got to Memorial Day weekend when the pools traditionally start opening up and the city announced not only were they not going to be opening then, but some of them got delayed as far as into July. So the city is trying to encourage more individuals to sign up as lifeguards as a part of their lifeguard training academy to address what they said was the number one issue that led to these closures and these delays, which was a national lifeguard shortage. So the city is going to pay for individuals to do the three-day training. You have to, one, sign up and register. Two, you have to go through a lifeguard skills training, which I'm going to tell you now, I would absolutely fail. Uh, not only because I can't swim, but breath control. I, I, I ain't got none of it. But if you like the water and you want to help people, you can look at a link in the show notes to figure out uh, when these three-day classes will be held, uh, how you can get involved in one, uh, and how you can go through on your certification process. Uh, but, Simone, I want to bring you in here because even when we were having this conversation last year, none of us were buying that the only reason we were having a shortage of lifeguards is because people didn't want to sign up because, as they said, teens want to do other cool jobs during the summer. But we were also dealing with a situation in which the integrity of the Chicago Park District, the integrity of the management behind Chicago pools and beaches uh, was extremely in question. And why is that? Well, so last year we were sort of reeling from uh, allegations and, and investigations of the year prior that uh, found that there was an overwhelming culture of harassment, sexual abuse at the Park District uh, among lifeguards. Um, a lot of this came from reporting done by Dan Mihalopoulos at WBEZ, uh, who came on our show back in 2021 when a lot of this was starting to become public and unfold. But the, these official complaints go back 
well before then. And certainly the allegations of, of sort of, like I said, this this culture of abuse goes back uh, years and years and years. And dozens of, of women uh, told Dan and, and told others that um, you know, it was really, really pervasive. So a few years ago, you know, these allegations uh, become public. You know, Dan Dan reports that the former CEO of the Chicago Park District, Michael Kelly, was also sitting on these complaints before sending them to the Park District Inspector General. There were questions about how the former Park District Inspector General was handling these complaints, you know, and we had this huge turnover of leadership. Michael Kelly was out by October of 2021. Uh, the, the former Park District Inspector General, Elaine Little, out also in 2021. The board president was out, um, in addition to several lifeguards who resigned or who were suspended. And last year, uh, one pleaded guilty to criminal sex abuse as well. The Park District budget is $545.9 million. That's a 7% increase uh, over last year. And the new leader um, is Rosa Escarreño. She uh, She's worked with the city since the 90s. She's held various, you know, jobs uh, across a couple different mayoral administrations. So that is sort of the the shadow over all of this conversation when we're talking about a lifeguard shortage, when we're talking about do people want to work as lifeguards when mm -hmm. sort of when when this culture has been uncovered. Um but also be just sort of what is happening with park district leadership and are they able to kind of make good on the promises of reform that they're going to turn this around, especially since they got a budget increase uh, last year to do so. Yeah, and it looks like they've, again, tried to provide basic accommodations, everything from paying for people's lifeguard training, upping hourly pay, I believe is now $16.85, $17 for lifeguards. But I still wonder if that will be enough to bring people back or if we're going to end up in a situation. And if I had, I, you know, I don't want to speculate too much, but if I had to put my money on it, I don't imagine all of the outdoor and indoor pools will open on time uh, this year. Which is like, you know, we talked about like, what is there to do for kids in the summer? And Carrie mentioned like the pools are a huge part of that, particularly for older kids. It's a place where you can you know, it doesn't have to be like a structured activity where you're, mm -hmm. you know, you have you're at a camp or something like that. It's a place where if you're 15, 16 years old, you can go and hang out and stay cool. Last year, it was a huge problem because we had a massive heat wave uh, in June mm -hmm. and July and we had lots of pools that weren't open. So it's a it's a sort of a safety issue on multiple fronts here. Right. Yeah. To give the parks the benefit of the doubt, at least as it comes to pools, if you are interested in using a neighborhood pool, they do have lap swim times available at about 20 or so parks. It does require a monthly or um, an, an annual membership, but we can drop the link to those pools that are still open during designated times throughout the week so that you can get your lap swim on uh, before all of the pools become open to the public, uh, hopefully early on uh, this summer. Of course, we have to talk about uh, some of our favorite events or some of our favorite parks for us to visit because it isn't just summer camps. It isn't just pools. If you go to the Chicago Park District calendar, the number of free events that are in the parks every single week uh, is ridiculous. Everything from softball to art, movies in the park will be back soon. Uh, they'll have poetry nights and open mic celebrations in the park. Um 
So I want to start with you, Carrie. Where is one of your favorite parks to visit? And are there any events or even just a stroll, something you're looking forward to doing in your local parks? Um, well, I am, we've said this before, I am a big fan of Ping Tom Park in Chinatown. So I love, uh, you can take the water taxi there. So I love going there and then getting off and then eating, uh, getting a bite to eat in Chinatown. But special shout- I went to sha- Ping Tom a couple weeks ago. Did you? Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, going to Chi Cafe. It's, it's great. It's great. And it's got this super great, awesome view of, of the skyline uh, and there's great murals under the viaducts. But special shout out, just learned about this park uh, from our friend Jeffrey Bear over at WTTW, who featured in his most beautiful places documentary, went for the first time to Palmasano Park in mm-hmm. Bridgeport, uh, which is super cool. And this old, um, they revamped the limestone quarry and there's like a little pond in there and there were kids feeding the ducks and then there's just um there are hills and it's it's really cool. So I, I would say also like parks are a great way to see new neighborhoods in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um they can sort of be a destination if you don't know what's in the neighborhood, just go to the park. So um Palmasano is my new one, my new, my new favorite park. As I keep going down this list, I mean, just like in those first couple weeks of May, you got everything from yoga in the park. The Special Olympic Spring Games are going to be at Dunbar Park. Glow in the Dark Nerf Party, which I can only imagine. (laughs) There's a bunch of people out there with Nerf guns. That's going to be at George Park, May 12th, 4 o'clock to 730. Where is George Park? It is in Garfield Park. If you're looking for things to do for Mother's Day, there are plenty of Mother Day, Mother's Day tea parties at parks across the city. Uh, Simone, what is your favorite park or one of your favorite park to visit and something you love to do? So I'd say any park that you can walk to is a good park. Uh, that's kind of my my barometer, right? Um, and so because I uh, live by the lake, I really like going to Foster Beach. Um, and that is you know, easy for me to get to. You've got you've got the lake right there. You've got sand. I don't know what else you could possibly want. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the park I like to visit and that I really want to get to this summer after going there in February, which is a weird time to explore parks, but was uh, Big Marsh. Um, Big Marsh Park on the far oh, southeast nice. side. That was going to be my answer. God damn you, Simone. <laughs> oh, baloney. <laughs> it's I I went there for the first time in February. We did a neighborhood guide for for the East Side neighborhood, um, and it is just so big. First of all, it's just so massive, uh, and it's it really. I we always say this about parks, and I feel like we say this all the time on the show. But it more than other parks I have been to feels like you have completely escaped uh, from the city, and you are like kind of out more so in the wilderness. Um, and I want to see some birds. I want to see some wildlife. Um, as far as events, two events that were on our summer bucket list last year that I didn't get to do. And so I'm going to say them now. Not that that did anything last summer. Apparently when I say things on the podcast, it doesn't mean I'm actually going to do them. Um, but, but two things I would like to do is I really want to go see a movie in the park. And then the other thing I want to do is I want to go dancing in the parks. Um, they often oh, will have yeah. like free dance events uh, all around the city. And um, so that is something I would like to catch this summer. 
And again, if you just go to the Chicago Park District website, you'll see all of these different events throughout your neighborhood. Um, Big Marsh Park is one that I'm excited to bike through more um, this summer. It's only been there since 2016. So if you're not familiar, um, it's because maybe you didn't grow up hearing about Big Marsh Park. Um, but you can go through and fish uh, great hiking trails, about 40 acres of biking trails, including like these BMX jumps if you're interested. Uh, but one park. You know, shout out to Jackson Park, which is close by me, Washington Park, where I grew up playing football and flag football. But one park that I've experienced more just in the last two years as a part of CityCast Chicago, which I don't think needs more love, but I'm going to give it anyway, is Lincoln Park. Like, I never once visited Lincoln Park as a kid. I never visited mm -hmm. the Nature Conservatory. I never visited the zoo. And over the last couple of years, as we've done Lincoln Park neighborhood guides, we've done stories up there. I've just found myself walking through Lincoln Park. And you just realize how much space it's it huge. takes up it's huge. Uh, along really the, the lake. It is extremely large. You can sort of get lost in it. I, also, Lincoln you know, Park stretches... It stretches all the way north to Lawrence. Uh -huh. That's another thing. It actually, goes, it actually is, goes to Foster. Yeah, to Foster. Right. So it goes... It, Goes through mm -hmm. a lot of neighborhoods. And I'm excited to, to get back out there during the summer. One thing I'm trying to sort of train myself for, one, I'm thinking about getting a racing bike this summer just so I can do longer distances. And one thing I want to be able to do is to go from about 75th Street all the way up to Rogers Park and back with Lincoln Park being one of the places where I sort of stop and take a break. Uh, and I'm almost getting there. I'm almost getting there. Last nice. week I got all the way up to almost Navy Pier uh, without feeling absolutely terrible before turning back. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm getting closer to Lincoln Park. But, but once I can make it all the way there from the crib and back, I, I know I'm doing something. Then you got to do the Lake Michigan loop on the bike. That's the, that's the, the big one. What's the Lake Michigan loop? Where you go around Lake Michigan on a bike. Oh, you mean like through like Michigan? Like, like through other states. The, yeah. Are you old? That's wild. <laughs> Lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Ali said, we spent all day today talking parks, parks, parks. But as always, I appreciate y'all making time just to chat with your boy. Thanks, Jacoby. Thanks. Hi, it's Carrie, lead producer of CityCast Chicago, and I am excited to share this interview about The 19th, who sponsored this episode. I've followed The 19th since it launched in 2020. The website features stories and topics that were affecting me as a 30-something-year-old woman living and working in a large city who did not want to just read stories about being a mother or just about dating and relationships. The 19th covers that, too, but it's really focused on empowering women, women of color, the LGBTQ plus community with information, resources, community that we need to be equal participants in our democracy. I also knew about the 19th because I followed the reporting of one of the publication's founding editors, Erin Haynes. Erin and her colleagues are hosting the 19th Represents Summit online and in Chicago, May 18th through 20th. Erin is here to tell us more. Hi, Erin. Carrie, hi. So glad to be with you. And I'm so excited to be talking with you about Summit and just about the 19th. I appreciate you being a follower from day one. <laughs> from day one. Yeah, I definitely was. I was so excited when I first learned about the 19th, which, like I said, I followed your reporting, which is probably one of the reasons I maybe knew about it. But tell our listeners where you were before the 19th. 
Oh, geez, it's hard to remember life before the 19th. But uh, immediately prior to coming to the 19th, I was the Associated Press's national writer on race in America. Basically, the intersection of race, politics, culture, pretty much all aspects of our democracy and society as it pertains to race, which, uh, you know, I feel like is kind of the unfinished work of our democracy mm. and, and the story of our time. So that was kind of my dream job before I came to the 19th. And, and now I get to talk about race and gender and our democracy and society. So uh, really living the dream in a whole new way now. Nice. Hard to leave a dream job. So why was it so important for you to be part of the 19th when you all founded it? Well, you know, when uh, my now boss, our CEO, Emily Ramshaw, first approached me about her vision for this newsroom, I was covering the 2020 presidential primary where you had six women running for office. You had a really diverse pool of candidates running for president. And yet, there were just still the same narratives around race and gender in our political journalism that, that I just felt like were not capturing who and where we were as a democracy, as an mm-hmm. electorate. And so when Emily told me about a newsroom that could maybe try to do things differently, that really excited me. It really just affirmed for me that the best and fastest way to really change those kinds of narratives was to start over and see if we could. Stay there, Erin, for the change those kind of narratives. When someone says, well, what kind of stories am I going to see in the 19th? Why should I read the 19th versus the AP where you were before or something? What do you say? You know, the 19th is named for the 19th Amendment, right? But with an asterisk, if you've ever seen our logo, and that asterisk is really in recognition, you know, specifically of the Black women who were omitted from the 19th Amendment when that amendment was ratified in 1920. But really, it serves as a North Star for us editorially in terms of thinking about who remains unseen and unheard in this democracy. And I think that that is a lot of what is different about what we do in this newsroom and our approach to political journalism that's really centered on voters, right? That's really centered on issues. It's not that we don't cover candidates. We don't cover elections. I love elections, right? I'm a political junkie. But I love to hear from voters about the things that are motivating them to participate or not in our politics, in our democracy. Right. You know, we're not really focused on horse race, kind of who's up, who's Mm -hmm. down and what, you know, we care about how politics is impacting people's daily lives. I guess the idea that that all issues are women's issues, right? That the LGBTQ community are not single issue voters. So really kind of expanding our political imagination. So you are here to talk about the summit. What kind of programs and conversations can people expect at the summit? Yes, yes, yes. So I am so excited to be talking about the summit uh, that's focused on three big themes, uh, those being tech, justice and economic mobility among some of the participants. We've got Tish James, the attorney general of New York, Lauren Underwood, obviously your congressperson from Illinois, representing the 14th district. And then uh, Vivian Tu, who's founder and CEO of Your Rich BFF, uh, for those of you who may know her from social media. So we've just got really such a stellar and dynamic lineup. The best part, what's the cost, Erin, to attend? (laughs) The cost is free. Just like our journalism, you know, if we cannot make this accessible and available for the people that we write for and about, then what are we, you know, why are we even doing this? It's just so important to us. Finally, um, 
Why host in Chicago? Why Chicago? Besides the fact that we're the best city in the world. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, Carrie, I hear that bias coming out. But look, I mean, <laughs> Chicago is a big, vibrant city. You've got a lot happening there around gender and policy and just mm-hmm. a robust local media scene. Uh, it's a very important part of the country that informs us, you know, just kind of selfishly as, as journalists uh, as we head into a very consequential election year. Erin Haynes is an editor-at-large and one of the founding editors of The 19th. She's been with me today to talk about The 19th Represents Summit, which will be online and in Chicago May 18th through May 20th. You can sign up at summit.19thnews.org. Erin, what a pleasure and an honor to talk to you today. Thank you. Carrie, same to you. Looking forward to seeing you and everybody else in Chicago real soon. Before I let you go, I want to give you a quick reminder to head over to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, where today our newsletter editor, Sydney Madden, is giving some special love to some of the local bookstores that have our hearts, including Pay What You Can Bookstore in North Lawndale, 57th Street Books in Hyde Park, Women and Children First in Andersonville, and others. Share Hey Chicago with your friends and family, the people you see on public transit. They can subscribe now for the latest in news and events at chicago.citycast.fm and make sure they're getting it bright and early in the inbox at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. And of course, some good news. We want to give some huge love to Avery R. Young, Chicago's first ever poet laureate. Young is an award-winning teaching and performance artist, writer, and producer. He'll get $50,000 to create public programming and new work. We're excited to follow along the two-year journey here at CityCast. We're going to talk to you bright and early tomorrow. Peace. I said, I'm trying to get to Rogers Park and back. And she said, but can your ass get to Detroit? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Detroit's on the other side of Michigan. Come on, G. I knew you was going to correct me. That's why I was like, don't be specific. Don't say a specific city in Michigan because you know she's going to get your ass. And here we go. I just like softball pitched it to you. And she was like, actually, buddy, you're wrong again. Geography ain't your thing. Ain't your thing.